Hey guys, um, let's let's get into the Bible. Lovely to see you all again. Luke's passing out the men's night um, weekend Friday night. The guys, if you if you, any any guys here that would love to come, we've got a nice spot at Betty's Bay, and we go and we stay and in beds if you're the first in the first twelve to put your name down, and they're off the mattresses. But it's a lacquer spot, and. Um, We'd love to have you guys come. We've always, we always do sort of just an impromptu breaking bread, communion on the beach together. We just have a lack of time. And it's not, I was just telling Jerome now, it's not a boychi vibe. We don't bring a rugby ball. It's not that. It's, there, are, there is one guy who brings a ball, but it's not that kind of a vibe. It's, 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 it's relaxed. It's not, uh, we don't talk about what's wrong with the woman or anything like that. We... We, we actually talk about what's right with the woman and, and we, yeah, and we may sometimes even have salads and we have all that. It's a fantastic weekend. So please just come. It's just Friday night. So you can just come. If you guys are new, please come. And it's like a way just to meet us. And if you, I put it on there. If you want to get a lift, you're welcome. Get a lift with one of us. There's lots of options. It's only an hour away. And it's Friday. Sort of we try and leave before traffic. If you can't, then we leave after traffic. There's different people going different times. So you can just ask me for my number and I'll help you. Um, and then we come back whenever you need to come back on Saturday. So it's a lack of time together. Um, I think last time we had an impromptu baptism, which was cool. So let's read out of Acts. Um, the, yeah, let's, let's, just, let's just go straight in. I'm going to reading out of the Passion Translation in Acts 1, if you want to get it out on your phone or something. I heard a story today about um, a guy who met Jesus because there was kids sitting in a coffee shop reading the Bible, the, the paper Bible at the table, and like having a little time of reading the paper Bible. And he saw them reading the paper Bible, and he asked them, what are you doing? And because he could see them reading the paper Bible, he knew they were reading the Bible. So then he asked them a question, and I was just making a comparison. Imagine that four of them were sitting on their phones. He wouldn't have asked them that question, and he never would have met Jesus. So it was just a little thought I had. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm also just saying that it happened, and it was very recent. Yeah, so, so I, I'm just saying something. I don't know what I'm saying. It's an introductory joke. Um, so I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. In Acts 1, um, Verse two. Um, those of you that know, this is this is this. These are the. This is kind of like the follow-on to the Gospels. This is the how how it happened. If you want to give it a broad summary of what is Acts. Acts is a follow-on to sort of the, the gospel story being told. This is how it happened. Our faith that we have here today. Um, so in, in verse two, it says, "Just before he ascended into the heaven, he left instructions for the apostles he had chosen by the Holy Spirit." After the sufferings of the cross, Jesus appeared alive many times to these same apostles over a 40-day period. So Jesus died, and then over the next, he rose, and then over those 40 days, he appeared many times to them. And this was because um, they needed lots of signs. And it says Jesus proved to them many with with many convincing signs that he'd been resurrected because they were really shattered and broken and doubtful and weren't sure if this if this really was him and their hopes had been dashed um completely and um they were in a little you know sort of cluster of trying to just make sense of everything that had happened um 
And during these encounters that Jesus had with them, he taught them truths of God's kingdom, realm, and shared meals with them. That, that comes up later. We'll see why that's important. But, so Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait, and my spirit will come upon you. I'm, 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 I'm jumping a little bit ahead because we're going through Acts 1 and 2. Um, and every time they gathered with Jesus, they asked him, is, is now the time that you're going to restore this kingdom? And so he had just sort of been, he, he, the verse before he's explaining to them, um, this, uh, this, my kingdom is coming, my kingdom is coming in this way. And then they keep saying, keep asking him, is now the time, is now the time, which keeps showing you that they're not getting exactly what he's meaning in terms of the, the understanding. They're thinking he's coming to establish Israeli rule in the world. And actually he's coming to establish the first shall be last. And um, the last shall be first. So they keep asking him, when are you going to restore the kingdom? And he answers them with this. He says, the Father is the only one who sets these fixed dates and the times of its fulfillment. Um, but he has prepared by his own authority this thing. And then verse 8 it says, But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power and you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, distant provinces, and even to the remotest places on the earth. So he's saying you will be seized with power when my spirit comes upon you you'll be messengers here where you are you'll go into the areas around this this town and then you'll go even further and then you'll go even to the corners of the flat earth okay at that point there was still at that point it was still okay to be a flat earth person and i'd love to have ministry with you later if you're still there it's making a resurgence if you didn't know I like, to, I like to just have a bit of a sideshow. And there's a lot of conspiracies going on at the moment about the flat earth on YouTube. Anybody seen it? Yeah? Keeping you guys interested in the message. Yeah. So the Spirit comes on you and you can go further than Jerusalem. And then, you know, Woodstock and then Mowbray and then Cape Peninsula and then South Africa, and just kind of keep going like this, yeah? And then jumping ahead a bit, he says in verse um, sort of 14-ish, at the end of 14, he says, All of them were united in prayer, gripped with one passion, interceding night and day. And I heard something the other day about a prayer meeting that's going on, and the, the phrase that they've used, I think I've said it here a few times already, but they want to have a prayer meeting that has sustained urgency, because we've all been to many prayer meetings and had initiatives to start a prayer meeting but imagine being part of something that has a sustained urgency that really excites me to say like let's be a people who have a sustained urgency for the coming of God's kingdom amongst us um, I skipped a little bit there where they, where they chose an apostle but I, I would like to just do a quick exercise with you guys to just um, highlight something so in verse 12 it says so because obviously Judas had, had uh, betrayed Jesus um, they now felt like they needed to choose a replacement. So they walk down from the Mount of Olives to Jerusalem and, they, and they're arriving there. They go up to the place and they start, it's, who's there? So it's Peter, it's John, it's Jacob. And then the person next to you, you can ask them right now, what's their name? Who's there? It's this person. And you're getting what I'm trying to do. Do it again. I think you guys didn't get what I was trying to do there. So who's there? It's Jacob, it's Terry, it's Fee, Jerome. It's there. Getting it. Am I highlighting it? All the apostles of Christ are there, gathered like this, and his spirits. Yeah? Yeah. You're getting, you're getting, the, you're getting it. I'm drumming it because I want you guys to catch something. Because we often read this as we have these anonymous names, and actually the spirit 
was on these people to a greater measure than he was on than he's on us. These are twenty odd year old people who are still not understanding what Jesus is trying to do. They're still just like us, most of the time clueless, most of the time sort of not of missing it, of of you know not getting it. But anyway, they were united in prayer, gripped with one passion, interceding night and day. I just love that with sustained urgency. It's very exciting. And there had to be 12 because there was 12 tribes of Israel and they wanted to make sure. And so they were very, still very much Jewish people. Um, and then I'm jumping quite a little bit ahead. Um, in, verse, in chapter 2, um, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering it was all anyone could bear. And then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped and with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they'd never learned. Isn't that amazing? Like God's Spirit comes on them and is completely transformed. They were sitting there a moment before waiting for this thing that they thought was going to look in a particular way. And then His Spirit comes on them and they're completely transformed and they start just bursting out in tongues of languages they never learned before and they are completely moved by God, um, inspired, filled, equipped. Maybe you can just say that to yourself at the moment. I'm fulfilled. I'm filled by His Spirit. I'm equipped. I've been inspired. Yeah, because the Spirit dwells within me. Anybody just did that with me? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. There was all these tribes there, and these guys started to speak, and I just thought about it a little bit yesterday. His, his, they start to speak in the mother tongues of all these people. It's like, the, like God knows our mother tongue. And so the way that He wanted to reach to people's lives was to speak the tongue that they knew. Because if you'd come to them and said, come believe this Hebrew, or they were speaking Aramaic, come believe this, this gospel, and, they were, and I, I'm a, I have to explain it to you in Aramaic through a translator, you wouldn't get it. But if I spoke it to you in the language that your mother speaks, you'd get it. And there'd be like a closeness to who God is in you. And it was quite, quite profound. Um, in, uh, I removed my... There we, I got it. I in, just in, uh, want to read something out of Psalms uh, 139 quickly. Just love this. Sorry. Talking about God knowing us. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul. And you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You're so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. And you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I'll take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my, of my past. With your hand of love upon my life you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with the wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sun, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It's impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me. For your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my, light, into my night. 
I'm going to just stop there. It's a beautiful psalm. Go read that later of yourself. Psalm 139. It goes on. It says a lot of wonderful things about how deeply God knows each one of us. Yeah, and he, just, he speaks this universal language of the heart. Isn't it cool? Like when his spirit came, it meant all of a sudden everyone could understand. So God's spirit should always be able to be understood by everyone around what's going on. And if, he, if, if God is doing it, then I think everyone will be in agreement. That's the sense I get. If it's, if it's truly God, then there won't be any question about it. There will be opposition, but there won't be a question that it's God. It's like, wow, you spoke to my heart. That was, that was supernatural. And then staying in Acts 2, verse um, 17, he says, I'll pour, this is, this is uh, when Peter and I have to explain what's happened, and they started speaking in all these tongues, and people were saying you were drunk, and uh, why are you guys drunk? And he says, no, it's early, it's early in the morning. And then Peter says, this was prophesied by Joel that, that this actually needed to happen. In verse 17, he says, I'll pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above, and my miracles on the earth below blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear for the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before that great and awesome appearance of the day of the lord but everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved just completely this is probably i don't know i haven't done the research but this is probably quite a quite a number of years before i would guess at least safely i can say 100 to 200 years before that this joel had prophesied this word of what would happen and that the Messiah would come. And it was, it's quite profound to think about some of the things that we're prophesying right now might have that length of longevity on them, speaking into the future, what God's doing in us right now. And it had to happen in this way. So that explained it all to them, and this, the prophetic word that they had explained and gave, gave context for it. And then in verse 21, he says, But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I wanted to remind you that, that as we're going, as we're moving, in our love for Jesus, we get to have this beautiful statement, this phrase above our lives, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That it's not a matter of, of some will be saved and some won't get it. Everyone who calls on His name will be saved. And we get to walk with people to get to discover whose name they need to call on. That's, that's what's so exciting for me. And verse 24, I hope you're okay with me jumping through Acts. I'm just doing this through Acts 1 and 2. Okay, we're almost towards the end of Acts 2. Verse 24, God destroyed the cords of death and raised him up because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. And this is what David had prophesied. And just jumping in here, verse 26, no wonder, this is what David says, no wonder my heart is glad and my, uh, and my glory celebrates. My mouth is filled with his praises and I will live and I have hope that my body will live. This is where Ella wrote the song out of. just wanted to highlight that to you. My mouth is filled with his praises. We sang it earlier. Because of this, because he's, he's broken the cords of death and he's raised him up. Okay, the last little, last little bit of Acts 2 here. So what do we need to do, brothers? They asked, they asked Peter. Like they, they, um, they had heard everything that Peter said and they were deeply moved. And they said, now what do we need to do next? The people that were listening. Peter replied, repent and return to God. Each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Sounds like a really old school invitation. <laughs> I'm going to read this to you out of um, our friend Andrew Breitenberg's translation. So Peter says to them, you know, they ask him, what must we do? Um, it's a bit of an awkward book to turn pages in. But, um, so verse 36 to 34 uh, 
When the crowd below heard this last line from Peter, they were cut to the heart. Someone called up to him, but what can we do about it? Now tell us. And Peter said to them, here's what you must do. Radically transform your inner being, your thinking and action. Be instead fully immersed in the character and presence of Jesus' being. Let go of your shame and self-separation and actively lay hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is the hand tailored for everyone the Lord call, is hand tailored for everyone the Lord calls. That's you, your families, neighbors, immigrants, everyone. Immigrants are obviously massively highlighted in America there. Um, the, what I just loved is that we, that stands out to me the most in this is, is Peter says, repent and return to God and each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, anointed, the anointed one to have your sins removed. And Andrew says, let go of your shame and your self-separation. That's how he's describing sin. It's when we're self-separated. So we've, we've let go of who we truly are and we've separated ourselves by some means of false belief and we've become self-separated. It's a really nice understanding. So when we're walking with someone and we're saying to them, you know, this is the gospel. You actually, you've actually intrinsically separated yourself like deep at some level because of some agreement you made or some decision you made. You've separated yourself from who you really are. So I'm not coming to, to bring something from the outside. I'm coming to tell you something about who you are within. Just return to who you truly are within yourself. God is within you. He's at the center of you. And so we learn how to navigate and walk with people to speak the gospel in a way that isn't something that comes from the outside, but it's actually that's something that wells up from within. And something within us begins to agree and say, wow, I've actually been living um, in a way that's been separate from who I was made to be or who I was designed to be, who God foreknew me to be. So we don't say to everyone, we don't stand on the corner and, and use these words that people don't understand. Repent and sin. People, most people walking around don't even have a reference for sin. But when we talk about feeling out of sorts or feeling disconnected or feeling a sense of, uh, of, of chaos, in, in, inner turmoil or chaos, people relate to that. Like, do you feel a sense of disconnectedness? A, a sense of, like, you kind of, there's two, there's two parts to you sometimes. That's what we're talking about when we talk about, obviously, there's holiness. I'm not taking away from holiness and purity in God. Um, and there are things that we do that harm ourselves. But all those things come out of a self-separation because we wouldn't harm ourselves if we were fully in line with who God made us to be. We wouldn't be against Him or we wouldn't be against ourselves. That's the complete, that's the place of union. Is that okay, Gaz? Does it make sense? Is it fine? I've got to check with Gaz. He's authority on this. <clears throat> and then verse... And 42, their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And then a little bit later, daily they met together in the temple courts to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility, enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. It's a, probably the most classic uh, most frequently read little chapter in, 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 in Acts when people always love the, the last bit daily those who were coming to life were being added to them were joined to them and we all long after seeing more people knowing Jesus and being drawn towards Jesus and um, I, just, I sensed as we prayed earlier that there's a God stirring something in us there's something shifting in us towards being people who are running towards others but not in a, in a, in a kind of a militant, 
we ought to, we need to do this way, but actually being moved from within ourselves, being moved from within ourselves towards people. And God's doing something in us. And, and this thing of people being added to us daily is, is God's going to begin to birth it. Um, so that was my, like, my, my fast run through Acts 1 and 2. It's a couple of things that stood out for me. Um, a couple of weeks ago I was talking about legacy and I just wanted to quickly give you a recap on this. Behind every fear is the person you've always wanted to, to be. Got it? Okay. Does it make sense to you? Behind every fear is the person you've always wanted to be. And I was talking a lot about what are we building, building for others? What are, what are we going to be giving away? What are our children going to be giving away? What are they going to be giving birth to? And uh, just having a, I've, I've been having a real sense of us sort of having a kind of a take stock moment where we say, what's going to be this? What's, what's it going to be? The, the work of God that emerges out of our lives, the thing that he's drawn us to. So as you know, um, we decided to move the church venue and um, this has been quite dramatic and also quite sort of a long time coming in a way of needing to make a change. Um, so I wanted to just talk a little bit about change quickly because I felt like that was significant and that's why I've been talking out of Acts 2. Um, for any of you that, that didn't know or did know, was it a big shock to sort of, we're going to move the church and we're going to now have an afternoon meeting? How's everyone? It's only a couple of us here. We get to do this. Yeah? Is it okay? Is it going to fit in with the afternoon drinks? <laughs> the beach, yeah. It's going it's to cut into, cut into the mid-beach section, but you'll still catch the sunset. Or... The peak. Sunrise. Day. <laughs> you definitely will catch sunset after 5.30. You'll be fine. Yeah, so I was at um, Canal Walk and I uh, put my ticket in the, in the um, parking meter and uh, comes up on the screen if you want to go and see it. I, I, you, can, you can trust me, it says there, change is possible. Oh, yeah. And I thought, oh, this is wonderful. Have anyone seen it before? I was using a credit card, so it didn't matter, but I just loved it. Eh? Change is possible. It's deep. And every person that's going to Canala is seeing that and is getting stirred. I thought that was fantastic. Or not. He's missing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and then I just started because I've been thinking about the word change a lot. That was this week, and I was just thinking, okay, where do I see change, and what, do I, what are the things that come to mind around change? So that's why I just started with that little joke. But I sense that God is trying to transform us and modify us and alter us as a community away from being a beautiful family to being a, to being a family that has, a, has sort of a new arm. And this Sunday meeting that we have is this arm, like this, this thing that we do together that's quite intentional. And... Um, I'm really stirred by that. I, I sense that it's like we, 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 we've had such a wonderful time being family and growing together over many years and seeing God do fantastic things. And he's now offering us an opportunity to create a space for other people to encounter him through coming to a Sunday meeting, one, 
and through, secondly, the things that we'll do when we go outside of the Sunday meeting with our lives, which is the bigger thing. But just to talk about the Sunday meeting thing for a moment, it would be fantastic if we started to create an atmosphere where it would be difficult to come into and not meet Jesus. I just have been getting so excited by this for us as a church. Just this, this, this Sunday thing where we just do, we all say, in our month, uh, whether it's two or three or all of them, the Sundays in the month, I give those three hours and I'm, whatever is there, I'm there. I pray into it. I serve. I do whatever I do. And I, and I make a time for people. I invite people. I'm active in it. And I make this opportunity and we use that as this the one vehicle that we have as a family to let other people meet Jesus. And I heard a stat the other day that, it, that 25% of friends who are invited to a church meeting will come. So that's one in four. It's a true, it's a legit stat. So I was just thinking, if we had this mindset and we started to have this mindset about all these friends that we've longed to meet Jesus and we just became those friends who invited them to church because we've never really been those friends. We've always been sub, sort of below the radar. We're going to win them over with our just, you know, just, yeah, I, I don't know. What are we trying to win them over with? That we know what, they like, or I don't know what we're trying to do, just assimilated in their culture and we're Christians. And we start to invite people to this thing and we have this really intentional time. And it's, it's a quite a different, quite a shift for us as a church because we've been a little bit hidden. And God wants to open us up, I feel, and to use this time, this Sunday time. So if anyone disagrees with that, um, that's where the bus is going and I'd love to, for you to be on this bus. And you can come chat to me. But really, I really sense that that's where God wants us to shift. And so we made a list. You can sign up. It's, it's over here. Um, for This is the first. Um, can you put that onto the other board? Thanks. That's the first list. But what I'd love to ask you to do is to, to give of your um, some time to help us move in... Um, Two weekends time, we'll send it out on the email if you're not getting the email, but we'd like just some physical help and then we need some other help to sell everything that we don't need on Gumtree. The Angolan army are getting back their chairs, we hope, if they still want to buy them back from us. Yeah, <laughs> these chairs have caused much harm to many of us and we're ready to see them go. <laughs> Freezing mornings. Yeah, yeah fall, falling, some people have hit their foreheads on these chairs. Anyway, I don't want to... Um, so the, the, the initial one is just to like move our stuff and get set up. And Simone's been doing a great job of like doing lots of things, getting set up on that side, but putting up some signage and everything. We want, to have, we want to have a radical time. We want to invite our friends. We want to make it a big deal. And even if they just come because they love Jesus and they like to see new churches, meetings happen in new places, whatever, then they must come. We want to invite people to come. And we want to kind of offer... A glimpse of how we're going to be using this Sunday afternoon meeting as a vehicle. And uh, one of the best bits of response that I've had to meeting in the afternoon is that someone who's never been to church likes their Sunday morning free. So I think we might be into a niche where we're offering the afternoon option. So, and also another good response I had, second best, was about the kids because you don't know what to do with your kids from that time to that time on a Sunday. You're exhausted. So you can come, and we're going to offer such a great time that they can literally just 
in their mind, lock it away. They're gone. They're safe. They're, they're not locked away, but I've locked it away. You know, kind of. Just, just a few clicks short of the, of the lock being locked. Okay? And there's a safe, and there's background checks, and there's everything. And it's all, it's all there, you know? And they, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, I, hope, I hope you guys are sensing it, but I really feel like the Spirit's wanting to stir this in us. Uh, to, to do this and to make this change. Um, Gaz sent me my favorite quote back to me this week and I've got it up on my wall. It's Henry, um, John Henry Newman, Cardinal Newman. He says, to live is to change and to be perfect is to have changed often. Isn't that cool? I've got it up on my wall. To live is to change and to be perfect is to have changed often. It's like this openness to God being on the move. And I just, that's why I've been reading pulling out of Acts this morning, just a sense of like when God's Spirit came on them, everything was rocked. They spoke in a different language. They started to go to different places. They went way further. They were, some of them were like just Jerusalem boys. Well, they weren't really Jerusalem boys, but they were trying to hide in, in their little safe town. And then all of a sudden, he just rocked them and he just said, go, go to this place even further. And I just get a sense for us as we start to allow the Spirit to do this with us, to open our eyes to our own city to our place, you know, to what's happening around us. So at this juncture, I'd like to just ask you to invite, invite you to pray with me because a friend of ours, Gerard and Sandra, friends of ours have planted a church. They started today in Strand. And I've got a picture, but it's um, going to be tricky. I'll show you on my phone later if you want to come look, everyone. <laughs> uh, whatever. I know you guys come for the slides, but we've left that joke now. Um, they planted a church and they had their first meeting today. So can we just... Um, Pray for them, because I just want they're meeting right as we as we meet right now. So they're probably offering prayers because they're more they're Afrikaans, so they'll be on time. So definitely offering prayers right now. So yeah, let's let's just take a minute together and just declare God's favor over this community. I don't even know what it's called, but it's Gerald and Sandra and they're in Strand, and I've seen a picture of where they're meeting. I know them, but they're meeting in this lacquer old hall that they've been fixing up for the last few weeks. And yeah, in the next two weeks, I want to invite some of you to come join me to go knock door to door in Strand around the area of the church and offer healing prayer to people in their homes because God's moving and he wants us to be part of what he's doing in people's lives so let's pray you can pray with an audible prayer yourself just speak a blessing over them yeah would your favor come on them Lord do you move amongst them we pray that people in Strand will come to know you today Father there will be a profound new thing happening in that area Lord Pour your spirit out on that place, Lord. Pour your spirit out on that place. Bless Gerard, bless Sandra. That you'd move amongst them, Lord. That there'd be no, no need amongst them, Lord. That you'd see healings, that see your kingdom come. Yeah, you pour out your spirit on them, Jesus. You pour out your spirit on them, Lord. Your favor and your blessing on them. Yeah. Pour out your spirit on them, Lord. Yeah. We thank you for the, the region of Strand, Somerset West, Lord. We pray that everyone in that area would be awakened to you. We pray for a, an awakening to your spirit. And we ask you to bless that work that's happening there. Bless it, Jesus. Bless it. Amen. Thanks for joining me in that prayer, guys. So a couple of last thoughts, and then we'll pray. Um, when we were in, um, in Durban two weekends ago, I was talking about uh, the mustard seeds, and then the next day a lady came and gave me black mustard seeds. It was so lekker. Have anyone ever seen a mustard seed? Um, I'm going to pass this around. 
and then you can take one. It's, it's my gift to you. Oh, yeah, and you can actually eat it if you want. It's quite delicious. Eat your faith. Yeah, um, and Jesus says, if you have faith the size of that thing, you can move a mountain. And so take your that thing, and get a, get get some perspective. But it was a really cool time because I talked quite at, in le- at, in depth about the mustard seeds. We'll do that another time here, but. Um, she came up to me and I was just so encouraged because that, that day, um, not two. Sorry, three. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted that. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. They are delicious. They wait, if you wait a little bit, there's a little, it like comes at the end. You get that little, not a kick, but you get that mustardy moment. Um, but it's the smallest of shifts like this that we can make that can really just pivot us into being in the stream, in the lane of the destiny that God has for us as a church. And I really believe that. And so take this little seed as a little moment that I'm giving you to, to, to be aware of it. And John Wimber said we should be, this is probably the best change quote I've got for you today, like change in the pocket of God. Like he can just spend us this way or that way, however he wants to spend us. You know, just like coins in his pocket, like some loose change. And I was just reflecting on that and just wanting us to, to shift a bit as a community to, be, to, to, to being way more on the front foot ready to say, I'll respond, I'll respond, I'll respond. And God's shifting us from gathering around Jesus to going around Jesus, going with Him, for Him. Not because anyone here is going to beat you over the head to do it, but because it's in you and you want to do it. And I want to read something from a great theologian, Gareth Hayden. He said... Yeah, he's famous this morning. Sometimes we do family just because we are family. And sometimes we do experience just for the experience. Obedience is overflow, not willpower. Be a healthy family who sees the joy in going out rather than a family who's defined by going out. God calls us to mission in the safety of sonship and daughterhood. I added daughterhood there. We are not pressurized. We are encouraged for the joy of it. So be a healthy family who sees the joy in going out rather than who is defined by going out. And I feel like that's such a significant little distinction that I appreciated Gaz and I were texting and he sent me some responses. We're not going to start to beat everyone over the head about reaching the last, reaching the last. It's everything. You don't matter if you don't reach the last. But at the same time, there is something that God wants to shift in us about saying, could I literally go knock on a door? And say, hey, you know, I've been living here for, for 10 years next to you. Um, I'm part of a church up the road. Do you want to come? Because they're going to have an altar call this Sunday. <laughs> yeah? There wasn't... Yeah. I was... I was just... <laughs> I don't know why everyone laughed. I don't know why. We've got to do more teaching on this. Oh, it was subtle. It was subtle. How's this for a lack of prayer that I read this week? And I've been praying it. God, disrupt my life in a way that leads me to the lost. Introduce me to people who live on the other side. I'm going to close with that comment. God, disrupt my life in a way that leads me to the lost. Lead me to people that live on the other side. Just sense that He's trying to shift us and He's trying to stir us to be awakened again. And when we went to, to, to Bloemfontein for the weekend, I think it was, it was so refreshing and so easy. It's a while ago now. 
because you're in bloom and who cares when you're in bloom and you go for it you know who really you know and so that's why i'm excited to take some of you who want to join me to strand and we start there where it's easy and we work our way towards our very own neighbor who might live next to you for the further 10 years and continue to reject your invitations but I do believe that God's on this and wanting to shift us a little bit as a community to being invitational people. We are very good at intimacy and encountering, but we're not good at in being invitational. And he wants to shift us. Um, and so, would you guys pray that prayer with me? And we'll close with that. Yeah? yeah. Let's stand and pray that prayer. Has everyone got a mustard seed? Yeah. Was it lacquer? Did you enjoy it? Just imagine that seed, that tiny seed, is what Jesus talks about. Yeah? If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, yeah? Amazing, eh? Amazing. It's amazing. That's a, that's a black mustard seed. They're, they're quite hard to find. They're not, mostly the mustard we're using today is not black mustard. They've gone cheaper. They're more, that's a more rare one and it's used a lot in... Indian cuisine. So, just as we're standing there, like I just said, we're going to pray, God, disrupt my life, lead me to the last, introduce me to people who live on the other side. I just want to tell you something else about Netflix quickly. So, I was reading this thing, and um, thanks. I was reading this thing. Jeez, look how many I've got left. This whole crowd here's faith is only about a sixth not even, of this tube. It's amazing, hey? How many mountains and perspective? And Fee took three as well. And it's just wonderful what God's wanting to put in us. So I think it's prophetic action that you guys have each eaten this or looked at it. I um, just want to tell you something quick, as I say, about Netflix. You know, our, our, the amount of time we put into the crap, we should always counter with truth. Just wanted to put that out there. Because if, we, if we're wanting to be God's people and to be available to Him and be people who make invitations and initiate, we need to be in truth. And um, I read this, this quote, and it was quite a hard quote, which I'm not going to end on, because it felt like a little bit of a bash over the head. But what I loved about it was he said, you've got a choice, and you can either have fulfilled all your desires and urges in your life, or you can end your life and you can say, hear from the Father, well done, good and faithful servant. You spent your life on the mission of building God's kingdom. And that's why I was joking about Netflix. But you can either fulfill the urges and the desires that you have in the moment for, you know, whatever it might be, just to eat or to, dis you know, just to distract or whatever. Or you can be someone who's the Father delights in and says, well done, good and faithful servant. And we don't do it to get his delight. We do it because we have his delight. We do it from his delight. You know, it's not, we're not going to ever say you'll only get there when you. So the prayer is this. God, would you disrupt my life in a way that leads me to the lost? Introduce me to people who live on the other side. So let's just take a moment. I'll, I'll read it out a couple times. And I just want to open that space up for us. Maybe open up your hands. We're we, we right on schedule. It's um, 1102 we thank you, Lord, for your presence that's with us. And I pray that this community in Acts and the things that I've been talking about and you've been stirring in the Spirit in each one of us would, would well up, Father. And I thank you that you're shifting us, that you're moving us this morning. 
by this tiny little mustard seed moment for each one of us that you are stirring us to become an invitational people towards yourself. That I pray, Lord, that you would come and disrupt our lives. Would you come and disrupt our lives, Lord, so that we would meet lost people and have opportunities to talk about the self-separation, this, this in, inner turmoil and the chaos, and to be people who bring the peace of your presence, who give language to people who are searching. Yeah, we thank you for your spirit that's here, your healing power that's here right now, the presence that's with us, Lord. We want to meet people that are on the other side, Father, across. Um, and we're not talking about the tracks, we're talking about on the other side of knowing you, everyone. Yeah, and so if there's anyone here who doesn't know Jesus, I'd love to make this opportunity for you right now to say to Jesus, thank you so much for your forgiveness right now in my life, that you would come into my life and I want you to be my King, my Lord. Yeah, we thank you for your presence right now, Lord. And if you... If you want to respond to that, to, to knowing Jesus or to giving your life to Him, you're welcome to come and chat to me and I will love to pray even further with you, just pray a blessing over you. But that's as simple as it is, to say, Jesus, come and be my King. I'll give you my life. Um, so, I just want to close with this opportunity. Let's turn to someone near us or two or three people and we just gather and we just ask um, God to, to do what He wants to do with this mustard seed, this shift. I just feel like he's going to give some creative ideas, some people, some faces, some places where God wants us to go and become invitational. And um, we're going to, as you've heard, we're going to be going through these changes as a church and I'd love for you guys to be with and joining and having a sense of going on something together where others get invited into his kingdom and specifically using our Sunday meeting. So from, even from next week, you can, you can be intentional about inviting your neighbors and, and, and shifting how we view this to being an opportunity. We might preach about um, the most ridiculous thing, but we're always going to make an opportunity for people to meet Jesus. Um, we won't preach about the most ridiculous things. Um, but let's just quickly, just take, just take 30 seconds together. Just turn and find someone and just make a declaration together, Lord, that you would do what you've started in me. Um, with this little mustard seed moment, the faith that you're wanting to birth in me to become an invitational person. Lord, that you would shift me where I need to be shifted, that you would stir me, that you'd open me up to seeing other people in a new way because I know people are outside of relationship with you. They need to know your love. And we just speak favor on the seed to grow and to, to, to shift us to being an invitational people. You shift us, Lord, by your Spirit. By your Spirit, Lord. You'd move us. You'd move us, Father. Yeah, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, the wonderful name of Jesus. Yeah, the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.